There is no roadmap for what is happening in the world today, but the more informed you are, the better your chances are for successfully navigating these uncertain times. This is why the registry continues to bring its real estate news coverage to keep you informed and better prepared to meet the challenges of the industry. We can only do this because of generous readers who support our work. Thank you to your commitment to journalism, especially now. And if you're not a subscriber yet, you can join us at the registrysf.com in San Francisco and at the registryps.com in Seattle. A3 Workplace Strategies is a Bay Area-based commercial office workplace solutions company focused on office design, process alignment, project implementation management, corporate facilities management, and architecture. Robin Wexer is its founder, who after years of working in corporate real estate at Apple and running a workplace solutions practice for Cressa in Silicon Valley, ventured on his own in 2015 to use the 35-plus years of industry experience to set his own path. We speak with Robin about the challenges of workplace design in the Bay Area and how the industry will be impacted by the changes occurring today. People come to the San Francisco Bay Area for many reasons, a spectacular natural setting, a sophisticated lifestyle, and unique professional opportunities. Those seeking these qualities will find all that and more at Hacienda where you can work, live, and grow. A Hacienda location means having the best of everything with an easy reach, whether it's world-class restaurants, theater, and museums, the best learning institutions in the country, or some of the finest services available. That particularly applies to businesses wanting the best address to have easy access to needed resources, being among other industry leaders, and knowing that you are part of a region that leads the world in innovation. The result? An unbeatable combination that leads to success, and that is what you will find at Hacienda. Find out more by visiting Hacienda on the web at www.hacienda.org. Robin, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Vlad. How are you? I am doing well. Where do we? Uh, where are we finding you today? Well, you're finding me at working out of my home office in San Jose. Great. Have you been basically working out of the home office since the pandemic hit, or have you ventured into the office also? Well, so so A3 is actually headquartered out of my home, and I've been, so working from home is not anything really new for me. What's new is not being able to go meet with clients on site and, um, you know, be face-to-face, which, you know, very often other things come up and other thoughts come out of those kinds of meetings. So, um, you know, so really since the pandemic started, since mid-March, this really hasn't been that much of a change for me. The only change has been that I've been on Zoom a heck of a lot more than I was going into the pandemic, yeah. going into the shelter in place. Yeah, no, I can I can imagine. I think, I think we all have. Um, and it's interesting that that's been sort of the platform of choice. There are others, right? But, but that one yeah. kind of uh, took over everybody's desktop and iPad and everything else, I feel. Um, Robin, so you and I have known each other for several years. Um, but uh, for our audience, if you wouldn't mind giving us a little bit of an overview and introduction of uh, A3 and, you know, your background, what you guys do, um, and where where your sort of sphere of influence is, if you will. So A3 is an independent 
project management workplace consulting company. We're headquartered in San Jose. We were formed in 2015. Uh, That's when A3 was born. Prior to that, I directed the Bay Area Project Management Group for Cressa here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And um, in, uh, in the 2015 timeframe, we spun the entire group off and A3 was born. So what's unique about A3 is that we bring, we bring many years of experience and really unique backgrounds to project management, workplace consulting, facilities management, site selection, and procurement for, uh, for organizations. So, you know, the, the A3 team, the A3 team is comprised of folks that have a background in architecture, construction, organizational psychology, interior design. We've got a really broad base uh, of backgrounds and experiences as a part of the A3, as a part of the A3 umbrella. And I think that's what sets us apart and makes us unique from from everybody else that's out there because we approach it a little bit differently. We approach it, of course, we approach it from the budget and schedule perspectives, but we also approach it from a from a bit of a higher level in that we take a look at, we like to take a look at and make our clients aware of, of organizational impacts. You know, the workplace is part of a system yeah. uh, within a corporation, and, and it's important that that system be designed correctly and right-sized for the organization. And so, so we like to make certain that our clients are thinking about those kinds of things as they start down the path of developing a, a workplace or a new workplace that's going to accommodate expansion. Yeah. So that's, that's really kind of what A3 is about. We're focused here in the Bay Area, although we do have domestic and international reach. We last year did a project in um, in in Houston. We've done a lot of work in in the UK over the years, so we have the ability to to reach outside of the outside of the Bay Area uh, through our partner relationships. Yeah, and Robin, you've um, prior to Cressa, you've also worked on the end user side as well. You uh, did work at Apple at one point, right? And you've sort of uh, you know worked with a number of other kind of folks um, and you've you know consulted some of the biggest uh, technology firms in the in the region right well yeah that's that's correct Lance. so I actually was trained as an architect and worked in private practice for 10 years before going to work at Apple which was in the early 80s I was at Apple for 10 12 years doing a wide variety of projects internationally and domestically I wound up my time at Apple managing the Infinite Loop campus project in Cupertino. And what was unique about that project was not the fact that we built 850,000 square feet, but it was about the process. It was about the work we did up front, the, the interviewing, the discovery, the conversations that we had with the R&D organization who were going to be the end users of that campus at Infinite Loop. And and the purpose of all that was just to really, really understand what they do and how they do it and how they communicate along the way, because we thought that with that information, we would be better prepared to design a workplace that's appropriate for what they do. That's a better fit. 
Um, because no one size fits all, we thought that um, with that background and that and that data, we could really we could really develop a a workplace model that helps them do their jobs better, helps them communicate better, helps capture spontaneous interactions, and um, at the end of the day, adds to the bottom line. And so um, that was a, that was a great project. When that project was finished, I moved on to a variety of other companies in the role of senior director of real estate and facilities before before landing at Cressa. Yeah, uh, and starting up the project management group for Cressa. Yeah, and. You and I know this well, but over the last 35, 40 years or so, you know, the Bay Area and with the technology firms kind of that have come out of that, you know, region, they're, they've driven a lot of the kind of workplace innovation, right, over, over, those, over, over those decades. So that process was evolving and it was probably, you know, reaching its height over the last, I don't know, maybe five or eight years or so. Tell us a little bit of kind of how that looked in, you know, towards the end of 2019. And, and my follow-up question then will be obviously, you know, what happens <laughs> what happens to workplace design post-COVID? But uh, just as sort of a setup, you know, how, how was that kind of go, go, go evolution change, you know, world looking like, um, you know, towards the end of last year? Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was pretty busy. Everybody was, we were still in that densification mindset, in that densification mode. Uh, some of our clients were looking to take out the workstations they had, put in a different workstation model in an effort to gain, um, to get more, uh, more people on any given floor. And so, um, you know, it was, uh, there was, there was a fair amount of that going on with a number of our clients and, um, you know, the, um, everybody was really, really busy. There was a, there's a lot, um, it was a busy time, 2019, the vacancy rate was, um, was pretty small and, um, uh, there was, um, a lot of transactions happening. Uh, that all changed once, um, once, once the pandemic took took hold here in the United States and shelter in place was was put into place. Tell us how what was the sort of in what was the immediate reaction to it? You know, the people that you work with, these are these are typically, you know, heads of real estate at, at these, you know, tech firms. Uh, what were some of their biggest concerns right away and how did they start to reorient their their work, you know, as soon as they kind of woke up the next day or the next week realizing, okay, this is going to be here. We, we really need to rethink this going forward. You know, I think, I think most of them thought that, uh, and, and realized that they're going to have to switch over to remote work, uh, via teleconferencing via zoom or, or Microsoft teams or, um, you know, any of those other kinds of platforms, they're going to have to, they're going to have to convert to that, operating model pretty darn quick and uh, and most of, and all of them did that you know and I, I think what's really interesting is that the outcome of all of that has been a realization that you know this remote work thing actually is working okay for us and the real challenge as especially I mean initially when shelter in place was put into place the, those early conversations I had with with a lot of my clients, they were like, 
they were thinking, you know, we're not really sure how this is going to work. We're going to, we're going to just kind of, we're going to have to just ride it out and see what happens. And then as time went on, they began to realize that, you know, we can actually, actually working from home is working okay. And then, then the next, the next conversation was, you know, working from home is working okay. And now we're starting to think about, do we really need all the space that we have? How, what could we do differently? Um, how could we work differently? And does that thought process of working differently, how does that impact how does that impact our real estate portfolio? Do we need all the space that we've got? Maybe we don't. Maybe we can do this a little bit differently. So it was a it was a real it was a pretty quick evolution uh, and some some really interesting thinking and conversations came out of it around the workplace. What does the workplace mean? And then that led into that led into conversations around you know maybe our workplace can can look a little bit different. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe the workplace as we've as we've seen it in the past can be, or will be, or should be differently different for us going forward. So, where are these companies? I mean, it, when you when you look at those those you know thoughts of theirs and those you know consideration about you know maybe this, maybe that. How how quickly are they actually? starting to make decisions to um, change that? You know, that's a great question. And I, I actually don't know the answer to it. But my hunch is that many of them are thinking about it, but they're not real. They're not moving too quickly to change their workplace model to to scrap the, all the all the spaces they've got right now and start over again. It's not like an etch a sketch where they can just shake where we can just shake it up and we've got a blank slate and we can start over again because you know, so many companies are tied into long-term leases. Sure. So it's really, it's going to be really difficult for them to, um, to, to shed space. But I think what, what it's done, what the pandemic has done is it's forced, it's forced them to take a, to look at it a little bit differently. And in, depending on how many years they have left on their leases provide, in some cases, provides them a pretty good runway to, to really think strategically around what they need, how they work, what groups work, what groups are where, and do they need to be where they are, or do they not need to be where they are? Could they be someplace else? And so I think with many of them, they've got a bit of a runway to, to have those to have those conversations with with companies like A3, with architects um, and um, um, and and of course internally, and I think I think there's a lot of internal conversation going on uh, in board in the boardrooms across the United States around how we work, how we've been working, how can we work differently, um, and um, and what is that? What's that impact to the bottom line? Yeah, and uh, from some of the anecdotes that we've kind of seen and heard, um, a lot of these companies also have invested um, a lot of money to enable you know, remote work and work from home or work from anywhere, rather, whether it's a plane or 
or you know a cabin in the mountains or you know whatever they're not necessarily wanting to you know let go of that infrastructure <laughs> that's my understanding um yeah. and the other thing is that that I would um love to get your your perspective on is um as as you know obviously you've you've you know done this now for you know several decades um companies really try to instill sort of a sense of their culture and and who they are and what they stand for in their physical space but now the physical space may not be as accessible as perhaps it was in the past and maybe not everybody comes to work you know to a, to a specific location every day are are you seeing some of them rethink also how they communicate some of their you know cultural uh, you know norms and things that they stand for uh, through as they evaluate kind of how they u- utilize the space also the answer to that is yeah we've I've had some very, very high level and brief conversations with, with clients and, um, uh, and others in our world around that. And I think, I think the jury's still out on what, what the answer to that is. I think, however, that the answer, it's, it's pretty clear that it's going to be different for every company. Um, every company is going to, it will have to adapt a, um, a process, a protocol, a cadence that works for them, and uh, it, that's going to be different from from this from company B, from company C, from company D. It's going to be different for everybody. I think that, and I I've got a um, I've got an org- organizational psychologist that has joined A3, and uh, she brings some a, a unique background and experience to the team, and uh, and, a, and a very unique perspective. And we've had a lot of conversations around this. And it's, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's, we're social animals and, um, and we need, we need that connection and we need that touch. And so how, how do we do that going forward? If we, um, you know, if, if, if our workforce is primarily remote, you know, maybe it means that we've got to have quarterly, all hands meetings where everybody gets together. Maybe it means that there's a space where, you know, if I feel like I need to be in the office to meet with two or three people, we coordinate it on via Zoom or via email, and then we all meet there um, on a given day and time. You know, it's I, there's going to be a variety of ways that it, that it can happen, but you know that. That personal connection and that personal touch is lost through remote work and through through the remote working platforms that we're all working on right now. But I think that you know once once it becomes safe to re-enter the workplace, and that's a whole other topic that we could talk for hours on is how to how to how do you communicate yeah. and how do you make the workplace safe. But I think once it becomes safe and there's a vaccine or there's a drug therapy, um, and, and, you know, I don't think, I don't think there's going to be a vaccine by the end of the year, you know, that's going to take a while, but there might be a drug therapy that reduces the effects of COVID-19, but helping people feel safe about re-entry, re-entry to the workplace and coming to the office is really key. And, and I think once we get there, um, the the work the work model the workplace model is still going to continue to evolve. I don't think I don't think once um, once it's safe for us all to return to the workplace, 
happens. I don't think once that time comes, it's we're going to go back to the way it was last year. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I don't think we've ever in the history of you know humanity gone back to anything. I think we've always sort of evolved from that point on. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's been my observation also. Um, yeah. How are you seeing, you know, companies, you know, you know, react to, you know, you know, an urban campus versus a suburban campus? And the obvious, you know, difference is urban is probably, you know, vertical, whereas the suburban is most likely horizontal, right? In terms yeah. of space, are you lo- seeing them kind of rethink or, you know, think about maybe we should put people in sort of bigger, broader kind of floor plates versus trying to put them inside, you know, like a like a Salesforce tower, you know, as, a, as an example. All of them are thinking about, you know, whether if a client is in a high rise, like a Salesforce tower, they're thinking about those issues uh, and have been thinking about those issues for a long time because it's a little different getting moving people 30, 30 floors up as opposed to moving people one floor up or a building that's on the ground floor. And so, you know, we don't have, we don't have, we don't have many clients that are in high rises. So I'm, I'm not real close to any of those solutions. I'm sure there are, there are a lot of people that are thinking about that. And how do you get people, how do you get the right number of people in an elevator to get people up and, and out of a space uh, that's 30 floors up? You know, I think that, I think that a, um, a low rise, a two story building or a suburban campus offers offers more opportunities for people to spread out if they if that if that's a requirement than working in a um, in a in a multi-story high-rise yeah do you think that there will be an impact on public transportation also I mean a lot of kind of what the Bay Area was driving towards over the last decade has been kind of this proximity to transportation nodes and whether it's you know BART or you know Caltrain or you know you know places like that um, do those get de-emphasized now? I think people are worried about public transportation. Um, they're worried about transmission on, you know, in those kinds of enclosed spaces and those kinds of environments. You know, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's just going to be the kind of thing that it's just going to take some time for people to become more comfortable to flying taking BART, taking subways, taking buses, as opposed to driving themselves. And, you know, it's going to have to, it's going to be a process to get them comfortable. But I think, you know, I think we'll get there. Is it going to be in six months? Is it going to be in two months? I don't think it's going to be in two months, but I think it's it's going to be six months or more before people are really comfortable using, using, um, using mass transit again. Robin, over the last maybe year or a couple of years, I know that you've penned at least one piece about, um, you know, this whole notion of, you know, multi-generational, you know, workspace, right? And I think the most successful companies were those that, um, you know, really took into consideration, you know, the, the, the Gen Z and the Gen Y and the Gen X and the baby boomers and, and so forth, right? And they were creating spaces to really accommodate a, you know, variety of, you know, different workers. Now, obviously, um, some of those workers are at higher risk of, you know, severe consequences if they, if they catch this, you know, disease. Is that model now turned upside down? That's a great question. Um, I don't think it's, I don't know. I don't think it's turned upside down. I think that, I think that we're just, we're, we're going to have to find a way to, um, to, to work through it and make certain that, 
the multi-generations are, are, still, are still connected, even though somebody might be in a high-risk group and they don't feel comfortable being in the office, there's, there's going to have to be a process to include them. Um, sure. and make them make them continue to make them part of the team. I mean, they've been forced to be a part of the team since shelter in place, but once once shelter in place is lifted and people can go back to work, I think that um, you know there's there's still going to be folks that are not comfortable about about returning to the office. They're just going to have to continue to to dial in. And I think I think a lot of companies are are being considerate of that. Have a um, have a close friend who works over at Apple, and he manages a uh, a pretty diverse team. And he was saying that this goes back a month or so ago. He was having conversations with his folks about returning to work, and and a couple of the individuals were fifty five or sixty, and they were just they were saying that they're just not comfortable uh, going back. And you know he respected that and. Uh, and, and I think his response was, you know, when you're, when you're ready to return, we'll figure it out. And in the meantime, we'll just continue to meet via, you know, via zoom or whatever platform they use. Right. So, you know, I, I think there's, I think, I think consideration will be given and it'll, it'll be, it'll be accommodated in, in some form or fashion. Yeah. What are you seeing in terms of, uh, you know, community spaces? So things like, you know, kitchens and, you know, sort of the, you know, the accidental kind of, you know, water holes that people, you know, go to and bump into one another. Um, I know in some cases, some companies were even creating, you know, more narrower staircases and walkways to kind of force those interactions. I imagine all of that is being rethought. And what about um, also materials? Are there certain materials that you you think might now get, you know, more prominence because of their, you know, antibacterial sort of capacity? Is that is that something that that will play uh, play a significant role going forward? Yeah, I think I think it will. I think to to the last question, I think I think all of the um, the furniture, the major furniture manufacturers in the country and and globally are starting to look at materials, look at materials that are um, easily cleaned and wiped down and disinfected, as opposed to those that could be a little more absorbent. Uh, I think we're we're even starting to see some of some of those companies talk talk about that topic and and show different materials that um, that can be chosen from. I think I think the question of food service and break areas that's a that's a good one because I think I think people are going to be concerned about um, about those kinds of spaces and I think that there's there's going to be a I think for some folks, it's going to be a self-imposed distancing and um, a self-imposed choice of, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to bring my own lunch or I'm going to go out to lunch or I'm going to do something different for lunch rather than, rather than eating, you know, the, the food that's, that's provided. I think that companies will look at how they provide food service. And, um, and I think that's going to change. I think it's going to change dramatically. I don't know how it's going to change. I think that it will, it will change dramatically, at least for a period of time. 
Yeah, no, I mean it'll 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 have to evolve. That's 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 for sure. Um, so, Robin, as a as a business owner, um, you know your business, I'm sure, like everyone else's, is impacted by um, what is happening in the economy today. But this is also a time that you know companies look to innovate and maybe create new services and sort of you know prepare themselves for the next cycle. How are you guys at A3 looking at you know what? work that you could do going forward that you could you know innovate create new things to get you ready to sort of i guess ride the wave up um when when things turn well that's yeah that's a great question i think what we've been we've been looking at a number of things from uh, from how we can help support the the change in the workplace model how can we help support customers or clients that are looking to, de- to develop operational plans to re-enter the workplace and um, and how could we how can we help support clients that are that are looking for looking for space have a space requirement and yet but they're trying to accommodate social distancing workplace distancing and you know all of what it's what's going to kind of become the new norm going forward so we're we're looking at we're looking at all of those areas of um, um, as areas that our practice and our consultancy can help help clients. Yeah, and from what you're seeing in the industry out there, are there any companies that are doing some you know really interesting stuff that you're you know noticing and you know is worthwhile mentioning? Like, yeah, I've, you know this this is really kind of innovative in in a in a from a workplace kind of point point of view that might be. Um, you know, telling how the future is going to look like. You know, we work a lot with with a variety of architectural firms, and they're all they're all looking at it uh, from a different perspective, kind of with the same theme, but with a different take on it. And so, you know, I can't say that there's one that really jumps out as having a having, in my opinion, a great solution. I think that um, you know, I think that again for clients. It's the selection of an architectural firm to help them through that process is going to depend on a number of factors. And one of them is fit and, and communication and who do you feel the best about? Uh, like I said, there's a lot of other factors that go into that decision, but those are, those are two or three of the really big ones. And, and to, have, to have somebody on on their side, like A3, to help guide them through that process and look out for their interests along the way is, is a real benefit to, um, to the client and, and, and to the process. Yeah. Um, so I want to close on, on a positive note. I think there's a lot of you know, negative news around you know, what's happening in the industry and kind of how the pandemic has been transforming um, people's lives and so forth. But as you look into into the future, what and you know, given your background in the industry, um, what are you hopeful about? And what are what are you what are you what are some of the things that we, you know we should focus on that are positive? You know, are more meaningful than uh, than just focusing on some of the bad news. You know, I well, I'm really I'm actually really pretty excited to see how. How this is going to impact work, and how work's going to evolve, and how the workplace is going to evolve. My my graduate degree was in uh, was in organizational management, but my my focus was on workplace productivity, and and so it's going to be you know I've always been 
kind of a student of that of that particular topic. So this is especially interesting to me, and it'll, it'll be it'll be fun to see how this whole thing how whole, how this whole thing evolves. Now it's not going to evolve. I don't think it's going to evolve overnight. It's going to be. It's got maybe it's got a a five to 10 year time horizon on it, but it will evolve and it's going to change. And, um, and I think also that I think it's going to change how we work and how we communicate at work and how, how work is done. But I also think it's going to have a, it's going to have a positive impact on each of us personally, because I think a lot of people are realizing that um, to work from home it's really easy to work from six in the morning till seven or eight at night. And, um, and they're realizing that they, they really have to take a little bit of time out for themselves. And you know, whether that's time to go, to go for a walk, to go for a run, to take the dog out, to spend time with the kids or whatever it is. Um, I think that one of the things that's going to come out of this is people realizing that they really need a little more balance in their lives and that that everything will survive even if they do have that balance and they'll be better for it and their work product's going to be better for it so i think that's um i think that's that's a big part of how this of what's going to come out of all of this Great, Robin. Good to talk to you again. Stay safe, and we'll be in touch. Thanks, Vlad. 